One thing which is very important today is to change the perspective of the masses about the reality of who the aggressor is and who the victims are. The media, the common media, for three, four days at the beginning of the convict, all I consulted, I didn't have time. I was just looking at The Guardian, which I thought was a bit okay uh, initially, uh, and the BBC. Then after four days, I just didn't want to go onto social media because that is very consuming. Finally, I went onto Twitter and it's a whole nother world out. The coverage in places like Twitter and other places are a lot more open and you see a lot more positivity towards the understanding. That's why you and I need to raise as much awareness because otherwise the gruesome aggression is usually hidden. This, gruesome, this aggression that is happening right now is open because they've justified it. They've tried to justify and show people that it's just the response. And now we can do what we want. Our job is to put out the stories, forward the true messages, to raise awareness between not just our Muslim community, but people of other faiths, because that is very important. Until the tide doesn't change in that sense, the politicians won't get it right. My dear brothers and sisters, uh, on this Friday, while our brothers have been going through many, many difficulties, I'm not standing here to tell you what's so bad about the enemy because I'm sure everybody knows that. And I'm not here to speak politics. I'm here to try to make some sense of it, what's our responsibility, why these things may be happening, and is it a failure, is it a loss, is it a defeat, or is this all just part of the victory of Islam ultimately? And what should our responsibility be? Everybody's hearts are shaken and crying over the huge amount of loss of especially innocent lives and how many children and many others are dying, whether it's a child or an adult, I don't think it makes a difference to be honest. I think it's just the loss of a life and that's big enough. What we have to understand is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a system in this world, a cycle, a sunnah, a certain practice which is historically been recurring. And this time is no different than any others. We have had much greater seemingly or what seemed like failures and we've had huge amount of victories. Also, what we have to differentiate between is the difference between winning the battle and winning the war. Sometimes you may, you may not win the battle, but you'll win the war ultimately, which is a more long-term goal that we're talking about. And in terms of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ahzab verse 62 anyway, Sunnatullah, Sunnatallahi fil ladhina khalaw min qabl. Sunnatallahi fil ladhina khalaw min qabl. Walan tajida li sunnatillahi tabdeela. This is the same path, this is the same system and the same cycle that has passed in the people before you. And there is, you will find no change in the sunnah of Allah in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of them is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always, ultimately, gives assistance and defense and success to the believers, to his prophets, 
to his awliya, meaning to his loved ones, and to the true believers, he always gives, gives success. There's no doubt about that. They, they will be given success. Our concept and idea of success is a greater idea than just winning a battle. You have to remember that. Because ultimately, you have to remember that this world is only a temporary place. And everybody among us is going to die. Everybody who came before us has already died. And everybody that is here now will finally die. And everybody that will come will also die. So we come into the world, we stay here for a while, and then we die. But the wonderful thing is that we have the belief in the hereafter. This is not the final world. In fact, it's actually only the beginning. It's the place to make the next world. And one of the things which has a direct, a direct correlation between this world and the next is how a person dies. If a person dies in a good state, the next world is a wonderful place. If a person dies in an unnatural state, which means that if a person is killed, especially in a battle, they become shaheed, which means they become pure witnesses. And for them, it's a closer, easier path to paradise. It's a faster path to paradise. It's a relief from the misery of this world. For us, it may seem like years are cut off from their life. Deprivation of years of, of their life. But ultimately, if the real life, when that is the true life, then what does it matter how long a person lived here except to have benefited themselves and earned more? That's why I think Allah compensates people who die in unnatural causes because they seem to have died unnaturally before their time, though that is the time that Allah had written for them anyway. They weren't gonna, they weren't gonna last any longer than that. But the unnatural causes, the violent causes in many cases that people go by, that there's about 70, nearly 70 people mentioned in the hadith that die from various different types of murders and killing and and death through unnatural means that are considered shaheed and martyrs in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if the ultimate world is the next world, then that just helps deal with this pain a lot more easily. A lot more easily. It helps us to deal with the pain after the fact. We don't live in this world uh, hoping to die straight away because this world is a chance for us to make the year after. We want to be here as long as possible. And try to accumulate as much as possible. But if somehow our life is so-called cut short according to what some people might think. And is done in unnatural ways. Then that person has a good chance for success. If they be doing good and they had the right intention. So we pray for all of our brothers and sisters. Who have died in this conflict. Who have died in this aggression. And in this war. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them the shahada that's required. For, that, that, that they would have hoped for. And that every or all of their loved ones and us hope for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He's the one who sent his messenger with the absolute truth, with the guidance and the religion of truth. You're on the religion of truth. That's the religion Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent. So that he can cause it to dominate over all faiths. So it has dominated over all faiths. And even today, it is the only faith which is increasing. Which is increasing. And it is still dominant because it is the only faith. There may be other faiths with slightly uh, higher numbers in membership. 
But in terms of practicing followers of any faith, Islam can't be beaten on that regard. Islam can't be beaten on that regard. You probably have 20 million or more people who have memorized the whole Quran. Noth nobody else. We can't even give you 100 people who have memorized their book. We have 20 million. Just in places like Clapton alone, there would be a thousand. And 20 million is a safe number. It'd be a lot more than that. We have more people practicing, regularly praying. Five times a day, Jumu'ah congregating together, donating, and multiple other things with an affinity. We're still a, a community who cares for their prophet. So when somebody says something wrong about their prophets, they feel it. It's not just seen as an academic point or a bit of humor. No, we take it serious because you, that's not a place of insult. We love our Prophet Alhamdulillah, while the world gets more and more confusing to such a degree that the confusion has gotten today to a level where it's never gotten before. Even about the reality of what a human being is, male or female. We have no such confusion in Islam. It's very clear. It's very clear what it is. There are multiple confusions. Family, families breaking down, family systems breaking down. Alhamdulillah, that still exists in our faith and it needs to continue to exist. That's very important. That it continues to exist. So one thing we have to remember that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised Nasr, Nasr means assistance. It can also mean victory in a sense. That doesn't mean that you will win every single battle. You will suffer. The Prophet ﷺ had to suffer. If you look amazingly in the battle of Badr, when they were only 313, they overcame a thousand, no problems. They managed to kill 70 of the leaders of Quraysh. Two years later, during the battle of Uhud, they had a lot more people, but while they had the initial victory, they thought they were winning. Then after that, it ended in a stalemate. It ended, uh, and the Prophet ﷺ himself was wounded in that battle. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them a, a lot of comfort and said, fine, it's one time this way, one time that way. Sometimes you're going to lose, sometimes you're going to win. It's the way of the world. That's the way the world works. You win some and you lose some, but ultimately, you're always going to remain at the top. You're always going to remain at the top in terms of the overall picture. That's what you have to remember. That's why in Surah Ali Imran, Allah says, الَّذِينَ قَالَ لَهُمُ النَّاسُ إِنَّ النَّاسَ قَدْ جَمَعُوا لَكُمْ فَخْشَوْهُمْ Those people who, when people said to them that so many people have gathered against you, they've all gathered each other together against you, you should fear them. فَزَادُوهُمْ imana That actually, فَزَادَهُمْ imana That actually increased them in their I heard these same words coming from people. Uh, I had the same words coming from the oppressed, our, our oppressed brothers and sisters. وَقَالُوا حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلُ They said, حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلُ Allah is sufficient for us. And He's the best of patrons. Subhanallah. فَانْقَلَبُوا بِنِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلٍ لَمْ يَمْسَسْهُمْ سُوءٍ 
Allah says that they returned with the ni'mah of Allah. What ni'mah? A bounty. They returned with the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His grace. The evil cannot afflict them. They followed the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They stood strong essentially. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is full of mighty grace, possessor of mighty grace. Another example of this is when the Prophet agreed to the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. No time here to discuss the details, but it seemed disadvantageous to the Muslims. Even Umar complained or uh, spoke up and said, how is this beneficial for us? It seemed like the terms were all beneficial for the other side. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls it inna fadahna laka mubin. We gave you the great victory. We crave you the great victory. It didn't look like a victory. But it was the setup of the great victory. And finally Mac Makkah was taken. These are small steps. I know we want immediate uh, satisfaction. And immediate wins all the time. But that, that it doesn't happen that way. That's not the way of the world. What gives me the greatest amount of hope. The greatest amount of hope. Is that I visited a country about two months ago. It was a country that is now ruled by a faction, a group of people that for 20 years had to be in hiding. They were warring, they were battling, superpower of the world, along with 39 other countries. A coalition of 40 countries for 20 years. And the guys were saying, we had to hide. Even if you had to go out to buy something, we had to literally disguise ourselves because... There were so many of them went to prison, persecution, the worst types of persecution, and so on and so forth. Sabar, they lost a lot of people. A lot of people were killed. But after 20 years, 40 countries had to put their hands up and receive and retreat, including the superpower of the world with the most advanced, advanced systems and weapons and technology and everything compared to these guys who had nothing. I didn't understand it. It didn't hit me until I got there. Then I realized what had really happened. And I thought, that's, that's a victory. It's the long game. It's the victory. So we can suffer losses. This is not to make ourselves feel good. I'm not saying this so that we don't care anymore. And we think, great, it's all fine. Let people be killed. No. Our job is to minimize that. We have to do what's required of us to do. Very important for us to do what is in our ability and within our capability to you. One thing which is very important today is to change the perspective of the masses about the reality of who the aggressor is and who the victims are. The media, the common media, for three, four days at the beginning of the conflict, all I consulted, I didn't have time, I was just looking at The Guardian, which I thought was a bit okay uh, initially, uh, and the BBC. Then after four days, I just don't want to go onto social media because that is very consuming. Finally, I went onto Twitter and it's a whole nother world out. The coverage in places like Twitter and other places are a lot more open and you see a lot more positivity towards the understanding. That's why you and I need to raise as much awareness because otherwise the gruesome aggression is usually hidden. This, this aggression that is happening right now is open because they've justified it. 
They've tried to justify and show people that it's just a response. And now we can do what we want. Our job is to put out the stories, forward the true messages, to raise awareness between not just our Muslim community, but people of other faiths, because that is very important. Until the tide doesn't change in that sense, the politicians won't get it right. They have their affinities, they have their agreements, whatever it is that they have, Wallahu alam, right? That's not a time to go into all of that right now, but they have their, they, they, they're blinded. They're blinded or just Shia, whatever, I don't know, right? So our job is to get the Joe Blocks on the street to understand this reality. Then inshallah, we can see inshallah more happen. That's uh, one job of ours. Physically, we, we need to do that. That, that means campaigning and con talking to your MP and councillors and other people. Alhamdulillah, this time a lot has gone on. This time, alhamdulillah, positive things have gone on. People resigning and so on. We only have a bit of time, so I can't talk about everything else. But one very important thing, which is the most important thing that one of us can do and should do and need to do is the dua. And this means really heartfelt dua. With every means of having duas accepted, we put behind it to get our duas accepted. That means giving some charity before, calm down Allah's anger, that gets duas accepted. Tahajjud time, duas are accepted. But above all, the one thing which is what is preventing duas from, uh, from being accepted is that we will continue to sin and do dua on the other side. I want to have my cake and eat it. I want relief for my brothers and sisters, but I am going to continue to enjoy my life in the haram ways that I've incorporated in them. Not entirely haram, but I am doing sins, committing this, that, and the other. I don't want to give that up. I don't want to, I don't feel like doing that. I'm not even thinking about that. That shouldn't affect anything. No, it does. If my dua needs to be accepted, then I need to do my best to take off all of the obstacles in the path of the acceptance of dua, which is sin. You just can't do it both ways. That answers the question of why and when are duas accepted. We have to make that effort. How can I, you and I, change our life? Some of these guys, they died with no, inst with, with no absolutely no, uh, no warning. Were they prepared to die? I just prayed they, they were. We could all die also with no preparation, with no notice. Are we ready to die? Or do we want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all of our sins and not have made tawbah and to continue sins? I say we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive all of our sins and stop all of our sins, especially those ones that have become part of our life and we don't even think they're sins then. That is really the most worrying part of it. For that we need to have knowledge to learn more. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring relief to our brothers and sisters. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them the nasr and the victory and the assistance and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them the patience that's required. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to do what is beneficial for us to do in the right way with a balanced approach and a conscious mind. And may Allah accept it and protect us all. Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time. 
especially for example the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.